0: Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I'm a civil litigation attorney in Washington, D.C. I'm also a mentor to women in recovery, a podcaster, journalist, and author. And I am a TEDx speaker. If you could please like my TEDx talk called Using Life's Challenges as a Force for Good, I would very much appreciate it because it moves it up, the likes move it up in the visibility algorithm. And I believe it can help a lot of people not feel so alone with their life challenges. So today I'm very excited to have Katie Fogarty with us. She's the host of A Certain Age an age-positive podcast that helps listeners live their best evolving midlife and that celebrates women who are aging out loud. She is also the creator of the Instagram community Age Out Loud that spotlights women reimagining midlife. A former journalist turned career coach, Katie's day job helping executives create strong LinkedIn profiles, has taught her that not everyone is up for owning their age. She created A Certain Age to shift the dated narrative that has that makes aging seem irrelevant. Katie launched ACA, A Certain Age, at age 50, and the show now has listeners in more than 6,000 cities across 127 countries, and has a listening score ranking that puts the show in the top 1.5% of all global podcast downloads. Apple Podcast Review calls it frank, funny interviews with great guests that go straight to the heart of issues facing women, a goldmine of ideas, emotional support, and self-discovery. I feel like I'm part of the conversation at the best dinner party imaginable, says one reviewer. A super fan of second acts and career evolution, Katie has worked as a TV news writer for global PR firms on Capitol Hill and as an English teacher in Japan. Her coaching company, The Reboot Group, has helped more than 2,000 executives from Fortune 500 companies grow through better career stories. A New Yorker by birth, Katie now lives on Long Island with her husband, three kids, and a pandemic puppy called Lila. You can learn more at all the links I put in the show notes, but her primary link being a acertainagepod.com. Welcome, Katie.
1: Maria, thank you for having me. I love connecting with fellow podcasters and I was so happy to spotlight you when you shared your story over on Instagram at the community age out loud. And I'm really excited to be with you and your listeners today. Well, you really made me look good. I mean, this is a
0: really (laughs) fun thing. All of you in middle age, you should connect with her because she just asks you to send a bunch of pictures and then she puts them into this really fun clip that makes you look like the most amazing person.
1: Well, you're up to you know, you've had um, so many exciting chapters, you try new things I was so I had a wealth of cool stuff to work with. So it, oh. was, it was fun to meet you that way. And it's, it's even more fun to be connected with you now. Thank you. Well, since
0: I'm a huge tra- traveler, and I've been to 58 countries, and Japan is on my list. Tell us about that experience first. What brought you to Japan? And what was it like for you?
1: I absolutely loved living in Japan. I um, went there right after college. So I graduated in 1991, and I went to a small liberal arts school and I was a religion major. So I joke that after getting out of school for four years, I was unemployable basically. But one of the um, skills that I had, a marketable skill, was the fact that I spoke English and I knew that I could teach abroad in a country that was you know, looking to expand um, the sort of roster of teachers. So I went over to Japan through a program called the JET Program, which stands for Japan Exchange Teaching. I got hired uh, by the um, Japanese uh, embassy in New York. In New York. They sent me over to Tokyo for one week training. And then I spent two years living in a very small fishing village called Kujukuri, And I taught English um, to junior high school students. And it was an incredible experience, I think, Everybody should live abroad if they can, because living in a in a foreign country is different from visiting it. You know, you're really um, kind of you get embedded in the community. You do things like grocery shop, you know, pay rent, uh, manage utilities. It's just you know, learn to travel, learn to speak the language, and just experience the country in a different way. So it was it was an incredible two years.
0: Oh, I would love to do something like that. And being blonde,
1: you probably really stood out there. <laughs> you know, I am not going to lie. I walked in the countless stores and had people like you know clap their hands over their like mouth in astonishment. You know, oh <laughs> my, you know, and they would say "foreigner, foreigner" when you would walk in. Um, because sure, you know, Japan is a a fairly homogeneous country. You know, there's you know, it's people with primarily dark hair, and so when you do look different, you know, you stand out, but. It was great. It it opened, um, you know, up a lot of doors and I had a lot of great conversations with people who were excited about connecting with somebody that's a little, you know, a little bit different than they are.
0: Oh, what a great experience. So then I know you worked on Capitol Hill, you were a journalist, you've done a lot of different pivots in your life, and then you became the founder and CEO of the Reboot Group.
1: Tell us that story. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, a career through line, I'm 53 right now. So it's been a number of years since I taught English in Japan right out of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my career through line over these decades since I graduated was really uh, telling people stories, sharing stories. So I did that when i worked at big and small pr firms i went to journalism school i worked for cnn financial news i used to work uh and write the morning news in new york and i you know was always telling stories i was telling the stories of clients i was telling the stories news stories um and then you know, ultimately when i was doing a lot of freelance work when my kids were very very young i took a little bit of time when they were young and sort of stepped off the paid work track to become a stay-at-home mom for several years. But then I started freelancing. And as I freelance for people, this was right around the time that the you know, LinkedIn was um, exploding in popularity. And so LinkedIn is now and has been for a number of years, a really critical part of a career toolkit. Um, it's where you share your professional story. It's where you connect with your you know, your customers, your clients, your vendors, depending upon the kind of work that you do. And it's it's really a wonderful brand advocacy tool as well. So while many people used to think of LinkedIn solely as a job hunting tool, it's really become a powerful communications tool. And so probably about seven years ago, I was doing freelance work for a client, helping her write web copy, helping her with marketing collateral. And she said to me, you know, one day like in a flurry, like a panic really, she said, I need you to reboot entirely my LinkedIn profile because it's a hot mess. And I see that the editor Forbes has just looked at it and I'm embarrassed. It's, you know, it's a dusty storefront. So I started working with her and it really, it was so serendipitous. I She started sending me to friends and her clients. I started retooling other people's profiles. I did that kind of almost like LinkedIn ghostwriting for about a year. And then I started getting requests from former clients to come in and train their teams and their organizations. And so my business really evolved. I started doing, yes, I still started, you know, helping people one-on-one with their career branding and sharing their professional story. But then it evolved into a coaching and training business as well, where I help organizations and teams, you know, teams and organizations become more effective about sharing the story of their company, you know, of their their um, sort of corporate offerings, uh, and and helped you know, also small business owners uh, communicate with their customers and sort of win influence across a variety of spheres. Because people use LinkedIn for a lot of different things. They want thought leadership. They want a new job. They want to be uh, viewed as a media expert. Everyone's got different goals, but there you can um always probably do a better job about communicating and sharing your story to help you achieve those goals and
0: i didn't know this but that there are classes on linkedin that you actually teach
1: you know i don't teach on linkedin itself but linkedin does um linkedin has linkedin learning and i would encourage anyone who's using linkedin to spend some time exploring linkedin learning because there's there are a whole host of really fabulous classes I did at one point teach a class on LinkedIn. I taught it for a a third party. It's a company called General Assembly, which is a sort of an education management company. It's it's national. I taught physically in in their New York office. So I taught a class twice a month called LinkedIn and job hunting. And it was expressly on how to better use uh, LinkedIn to land your next job.
0: Mm, okay, interesting. Well, you your company website is super interesting. So go to the rebootgroup.com to see some of the varied things that they do and how she uses storytelling, professional stories to increase portfolio viewing and effectiveness and I really think it's interesting what you've done and how you've used, you've built on your skills throughout your career to have different chapters. Yes. That's beautiful.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, Maria, as well, and I'm sure you see this probably in your own life, that when you get started on something, it, it, it sort of can evolve into new and different and exciting opportunities. And one of the things that I, the reason why I have my podcast today, which is called, as you said, A Certain Age, and it's just, it's a show specifically for women in midlife. Um, But the reason why I launched the podcast is because after working with clients across genders, I don't just work with women. Mm -hmm. I work with people of all ages, you know, all, you know, genders uh, or gender expansive people. But I, um, I I was starting to hear a steady drumbeat of fear around ageism. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, my services are not, you know, inexpensive, I often work with senior executives and. I cannot tell you how many people have said to me, you know, I'm too old for that or I'm never going to get a new job because I'm too old or I work in the most ageist industry if you work in fashion or beauty or tech or what, what have you, everyone is convinced that their industry is the most ageist and that getting to a certain age, means you're less marketable and, and less relevant. And this is why I launched the podcast because I do not think that getting older makes you less relevant. I think it makes you more experienced. You have more lived wisdom. You have more emotional intelligence. You've got greater emotional intelligence. You have a uh, perspective. You have so many wonderful qualities that make you like an A plus job candidate. Mm-hmm. So I really, I, I wanted to start having a different conversation because you know Maria, just like you, just like all the women that I have featured on Let's Age Out Loud, all the women who've been on my podcast, these are they're all women that are doing exciting new things um as they enter, you know, midlife and midlife and beyond. Honestly, the people who listen to my show, I feature women on the podcast who are you know, 40, I think the oldest woman I have is 73. Um, you know, let's age out loud is for 40, 50, 60 and beyond. And I see women doing incredible things in midlife every day. And I wanted to sort of spotlight those stories so we can really shift, which is like just, a you know, a super dated narrative that getting to a certain age makes you less relevant.
0: Agreed, agreed. And I love how your the reboot boot group has a variety of workshops that are tailorable to every organization. But one of them that caught my eye is making make every conversation an opportunity. So what exactly does that mean?
1: Well, that means, you know, this is it's um it's sort of hard to boil down very quickly, but this mm-hmm. is sort of the idea where when we introduce ourselves to somebody, I, I, I get hired sometimes to help um, clients communicate who they are quickly. And sometimes, you know, we, we often hear about this introduction as an elevator pitch. And when I say the word elevator pitch, it probably strikes fear in people's heart because nobody wants to get in an elevator and have to quickly introduce themselves to somebody. Nobody right. wants to land at the cocktail party or at a work conference and have to introduce themselves to somebody, you know, quickly. And what I have learned is that people often rely on their job titles. So they'll say, Hi, you know, I'm Katie. I'm like founder of the Reboot Group. And the people are like, well, they have no idea why it's meaningful to them. But if you can introduce yourself in a way that shares the value that your work brings to somebody else, now now you know, now we're talking. So, you know, what I would do is to somebody say, like, you know, if I were forced to be in that elevator explaining what I would do rather than saying I'm the CEO and founder of the Reboot Group, which does professional branding, because that's kind of like a ho-hum. Um, what I might say instead is, you know, I run a career consultancy that makes people more effective at sharing their stories. Because when you can say, you know, share your story well, you unlock opportunity, you open doors, you can better advocate for the things you care about, like your career or your company, your priorities, your impact. And then people are thinking, well, actually I want to do all those things. Right. So that's the kind of introduction that creates opportunity. So, you know, we can, we need to think about how we interact with people in ways that um, share the work we do, but most importantly, the value that we offer to somebody else, because that's when the magic happens, right? That's when you get hired for a job. That's when you get um, your budget expanded. If you already, you know, are a client, when you, um, can sort of win thought leadership. When you, it's not just sharing what I do, but the it, the the twist, the secret sauce, the magic is when you let the person on the receiving end understand how you can help them.
0: I love it. It is, um, it's really needed and someone like you who can help people see outside the box or see themselves in different ways, is, has such utility in the business world. So that's exciting. Yeah, I totally
1: enjoy it. I, I work with amazing clients all the time and it really, it's exciting. I like um, helping people be better at sharing their story because the clients that I work with, you know, do cool things and they're up to great stuff and people, you know, people need to know that.
0: Yes. Yes. So I love your podcast too, a certain age and what, for
1: instance, well, I guess I'll go here. What was your favorite one so far that you've done? Uh, You know, I have been asked this question a lot and I I usually, like my answer honestly is like the last one, you know, Mm -hmm. because every single week I connect with an amazing woman. So it's sort of like, I'm a mom of three, you know, I love all my kids equally. And sometimes I joke, you know, like my favorite kid is the one who's behaving that, you know, like that particular moment. So I feel this way about my guests. Like I have had such extraordinary women on my show I can't even pick a favorite. Whoever mm-hmm. I spoke to last is my favorite, but I I will say that the women that come on my show really fall into sort of two broad categories. They mm-hmm. are women who are either reinventing in midlife, as I as I shared, they're the the Audible executive who became a screenwriter, or the lawyer who left the practice of law to publish a New York Times bestselling novel. You know, the stay-at-home mom who launched a multi-million dollar dollar party company. It's. I love hearing the the stories of women who just literally switch lanes and taken on new exciting adventures. The second category of um, kind of a guest that I feature are women that are helping other women thrive in midlife. So mm-hmm. getting to midlife, you know, we, you know, we're excited, we're you know, experienced, we're joyful, we're ready to tackle this with verb. But the reality is, of course, that you know, there are challenges in midlife, just like there are challenges at every phase of life, and. When we get to a certain age, we have new challenges that we have not yet navigated. We've got perimenopause, menopause. We have aging parents. We have shifting dynamics as our family units evolve. If you're a mother, your kids grow and leave, you know. But if you're not a mother, sometimes you have to reimagine it, your romantic relationships and partnerships. You have to reimagine um, purpose and work. So, you know, there, there are things that we need to work on and and tackle, and we. I feature experts that that can help us with all of these things and so this is a very long way of saying I love all my guests but I feel like some of the shows that stick with me that I think about again and again are really a lot of the doctor shows because Mm -hmm. I have learned an astonishing amount about my body that I did not know before I started this podcast it's kind of like I think like you know it's Almost criminal how how you know little information women get about perimenopause and menopause from their healthcare providers. I've learned a lot about the impact of the loss of estrogen and how it affects our cardiac health, our mm-hmm. brain health, our bone health. So um, those are shows that I think that uh, you know really I think about constantly, and I've incorporated so many things that I've learned about how to care for your pelvic floor, how to care for, you know, all the different parts of your body. Um, those have probably made the biggest impact on my life personally, because Mm -hmm. I feel like my health is better from having launched a podcast, which is
0: astonishing. Well, that's wonderful. And I love how on your website, it has six categories, wellness and beauty, parenting and relationships, create, What's next career and money, adventure and fun and menopause and vagina. I just love that you've (laughs) categorized them so that if someone wants to learn something specific or just really focus on one area, they can do that easily. I haven't seen that on other podcasts, and I think that's super helpful.
1: Thank you. You know, it's, you know, I, I have 130 shows at this point, so I wanted to find a way of organizing them mm-hmm. so that a listener can easily get in because, you know, but some of the shows cross categories as sure. well. And, you know, I, I feel like every show is almost inspirational because even if I'm talking to a doctor and we're, you know, doing a deep dive into a particular, area of health or or, or wellness, Mm -hmm. I still want to hear their perspective on like, how, what does midlife mean to them? You know, what are they excited about? What are their challenges? So even, you know, no matter what the show is, it's still, there's always the, the story of the woman comes through. Right,
0: right. Do you think your children have ever listened to your podcast?
1: I know that they have uh, uh-huh. because my daughter has come with me a few times. She's 22 she's come with me to record it. Uh-huh. And after about 115 shows where I was working with this wonderful transcriber, a French Canadian woman, um, she you know, retired and moved on to a different kind of job. And uh-huh. so my daughter who is now a senior in college is transcribing the shows for me. Oh, nice. Um, nice. I'm paying her to do that. She's yes. earning some money but she's, you know, so I, so I know (laughs) she's listening to the show. My 19 year old and 15 year old sons have probably not done a deep dive into any of the, you know, the shows. Right. right.
0: (laughs) I'm, I don't know if my kids have listened to my podcast uh, or read my books. But um, it's funny to think about them doing so, because every once in a while I do say something about them while respecting their privacy, sure. even though my son is a very public figure at this point. He's got 10 million followers on TikTok and wow, several million so cool. on Instagram. He's really something.
1: Can but, you share his um, name? Should oh, I sure. him? Sure, yeah. you should.
0: On TikTok, it's Chris. And on Instagram, it's Chris Olson. Okay. And uh, he took off during the pandemic because he makes people laugh. He's so, so talented. And now he has a coffee company. He makes a lot of public appearances at the Oscars, the Cannes Film Festival,
1: MTV Music Awards. He's all Aww. over the place.
0: Maria, that's so
1: wonderful. Really you sound so proud, as you should be. And I'm, I'm super curious. I'm going to go check it out. All my kids are, I'm not like... I, I always say it's, you're never too old to try new things, but I still not have not tried TikTok. So yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I basically just made an account to follow him. Sure, mm-hmm. of course. But I love and, Instagram, yeah. so I'll,
1: I'll, I'll, you know, poke over to his, I'll hop over to his uh, profile and check it out. Yeah, you, you'll, it'll make you
0: laugh. I think he, um, I have a Google alert on him because he doesn't tell me a lot, and so mm. I often find out about his public appearances via my Google alert. And um, he was on a New York Times, I mean, a New York Times Square billboard, for instance.
1: Oh my God, this is so And I so didn't cool. even know.
0: And this has all happened yeah. in the last three years that he shot to stardom and he was in a movie and he was voted by People Magazine, the sexiest TikToker alive.
1: Okay, like, this is extraordinary. Crazy. I'm it's so crazy. happy we're having this conversation. I'm, yeah. I'm like, you know what you know this I'm doing this the moment we hang up the phone. I'm gonna go check this out. <laughs> well, I'm going guessing... to ha- have 10 million and one followers because he's gonna oh, have great. On, Thank on top you. Of it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Because he, like I,
0: struggled with alcohol and um he was we both went to rehab and this okay. all happened post-rehab, and he acknowledges publicly that his Success would have been impossible had he kept on with his substance abuse. So okay. I'm extra proud of him for overcoming that and continuing to
1: help others on that path. It's beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: I did so, a great show
1: actually mm-hmm. on um, alcohol. I need to return to it. So oh. I had um, a wonderful podcaster, who, um, Lisa Smith, who has the podcast called Recovery Rocks. Okay. And she wrote a wonderful memoir called "Girl Walks Out of a Bar," and it's a oh, very, I read that. Yeah, yeah, it's a gripping. She's a you know a lawyer uh, by mm-hmm. by training, as you and she, you know, talked actually about how the um, the legal profession really has um, like many others too, but th- there's a lot of substance abuse because of the stress and the pressure and um, the kind of always on work. Uh, environment that she experienced mm-hmm. and th- that was her experience but she was a wonderful guest and I I've been meaning to return to the topic again and, and sort of explore that this notion of being sober curious and yes. what does that look like because you know Lisa's story is incredible she changed her life but she had a very dramatic story but you don't need to have you don't need to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. to to want to consider exploring, you know, what it looks like. So thank you for reminding me that this is this is on my list. Yeah, to get back and, to. and
0: during the pandemic, alcohol use exploded, skyrocketed. Yeah, skyrocketed. Exactly. So I love how you use age out loud and age boldly as sort of taglines for the work that you do. But what exactly does that mean to you?
1: This is such a good question. You know, age boldly is one of the taglines that I've been using, but I feel like I'm moving away from it a little bit because I feel like age boldly is just, it's hard to define and and bold means different things to different people. And mm-hmm. I didn't want some, you know, even though I do feel like we should all be aging boldly and like living our, our, our biggest sort of best lives because- you know the, the the notion that you know we only get one life. Let's try to make it incredible and do the things that we want. So that's sort of that notion of bold, but it's it's sort of hard to define mm-hmm. what I've been embracing more and what I you know name my new Instagram community, which is like a sister account to the podcast. It's called Age Out Loud. Mm-hmm. And the Age out loud has always been a tagline of of the the podcast, and it's I have it embroidered on a sweater that I wear in my podcast cover art. To me, age out loud is what what we should all really be focusing on, Mm -hmm. because I have had so many conversations with women who are hiding their age. And when we hide things, um, there's that sense of sort of internalized shame around things that we feel are taboo or we can't acknowledge. And I think it's literally insane that the the culture that we live in is trying to make us feel bad about the most natural thing in the world, which is to age. Mm -hmm. We it is the most universal of experiences it is something that we all do from the moment we arrive on this planet and it, it, it's to age and to to make people feel diminished or less than because they're aging to me is so upsetting and there's so many different ways that this apple is going to need to be or this problem is going to need to be tackled or but i think one way that we could do it is by being willing to age out loud, to share our age with other people, to you know age in the workforce, to age in our our you know our private spheres as well, to celebrate your fiftieth birthday. You know, I have a, I have a good friend who's one of her um, best friends from college is a gay man. And she was saying to me, oh, you know, Larry came out at work recently. And I said, I can't believe like his work didn't know he was out. And she said, no, 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 no. Of course they know he's gay, but he came out and admitted he was 50. And we both (laughs) laughed because it was, you know, we laughed because it was hysterical. It was like, oh my God. But it's also, it's, you know, it's also sad. It's sad that like, that is like a big hurdle that people feel they have to get over to share. So in any event, so Age Out Loud is just sort of the notion of embracing, removing taboo, removing stigma, claiming our age um, because it stands for something. And for, you know, Maria, it stands for you. It stands for recovery and reinvention and Mm -hmm. vibrancy in this new chapter of your life. And for me, it stands for creativity. I've taken on new creative projects. I feel comfortable in ways that I hadn't before about sharing myself and my story and spotlighting other women and I, I just, it's something that I want for everybody. I, I feel there's so much power in claiming our age and and uh, just letting it stand for something, whatever it is yes. for everyone's got a different thing they want it to stand for.
0: I completely agree. I mean, I use it as a badge of honor. I love saying my age, especially as I am turning 60 in a couple of months. I just love Amazing. it. Amazing.
1: Yeah. It does make me 53 over here, loud and proud. Yay.
0: (laughs) It does make me aware of the march of time in that I know that I have lived more of my life than I have ahead of me, which lends a certain urgency to me wanting to get so much more travel done and just really not say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. If I have the ability to do something today, I seize the moment.
1: Yes, and getting to midlife is uh, clarifying, mm-hmm. right? You know, as, as you just shared, we have, um, you know, less runway ahead of us. You know, there's still time for things to take off, but we really need to be in action yes. about the things we care about. We need to be in action about our fitness, our health, our wellness. We need to be in action about our relationships, taking care of ourselves. To, you know, finding the things that. Light us up, whatever yes. it is, and, and and sort of being intentional. I agree.
0: So I like to ask all of the guests the following question. What do you do, Katie, to become your best version?
1: This is such a great question. And since you prepped me that it was coming, you've given me the chance to think about it. And when I I have so many different ways I could answer, but I think the 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 biggest thing that I do is that I try new things. And mm-hmm. you know, I am willing to be uncomfortable trying new things. I launched a podcast, never having done it, told every single person I knew, I'm launching a podcast. you know, I made myself accountable to them. and uh, that the, the the last two years that I've spent recording my show has just I feel like the best version of myself right now and i'm now at work on a book which i wouldn't have done had i not started a podcast so i think becoming your best version of yourself for me means trying new things being uncomfortable and seeing what happens next you know i'm putting myself in new spaces and i'm being rewarded by new and exciting um you know connections ways of being ways of, you know the way i spend my days and and seeing things evolve.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. I subscribe to that uh, approach (laughs) as well. Thank you for sharing that. And I would, I would invite you all to become subscribers at a certain age podcast to visit the reboot And to connect with her on social media links. All of this is in the show notes. So thank you so much, Katie, for taking time off from your busy schedule to be with us and share your warmth and insight with our listeners.
1: Maria, it was a complete pleasure. I so enjoyed uh, hanging out with you. Thanks for inviting me. Keep on aging out loud. (laughs) I am aging out loud. Next up, 54. (laughs) Yes. Take care,
0: everyone.
1: it. <laughs>